I'm your host, Maria Maldonado-Smith, and this is Creating the Vision, a podcast about living the life you envisioned and leaning into your passions, power, and purpose. Each week, we'll hear from guests discussing their journey to living and creating the vision for their life. We'll talk all things vision imagery, goal setting, and accountability so that you feel empowered and inspired to take action, turning your plan into the life you've always dreamed of living. Welcome, visionary. I'm so glad you're here. And welcome to this week's episode of Creating the Vision. I have with me another dear, dear friend of mine, one of the coolest people I know, who happens to be the VP, I want to get this right, VP of Worldwide Customer Support and Aftermarket Sales for Commercial Aviation at Embraer. And wow, another friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, who has also been on this podcast, has dubbed you Carmen San Diego because we never know where in the world Daniel is. <laughs> My dear friend Daniel Vadaro, who we met on Instagram during the pandemic, maybe even right before. But yeah, like we were talking earlier, just kind of fell into each other's, you know, just following each other, DMing, aligning with the same things, both moms, you have twin boys that are about the same age as my littlest. And we had so much to connect on. And then also at the time, two corporate moms, you are still in corporate leading a global sales team, which I find just so freaking badass. And I am so excited to have you tell your story about how you are creating this amazing vision for, for your life. So I'm going to well, let well, you first, yeah, kind of introduce yourself and take absolutely. it from there. Absolutely. It, it is such a pleasure to be here with you, Maria. I mean, we've known each other through so many craziness of, of work life and the pre, the during and the post and whatever this is now pandemic activity. Mm -hmm. And it's been so nice to be able to be connecting throughout this whole time because when we're connecting with other women on their journeys and learning from, from all the things, I think we're so much better because of it. And we, we can support each other through those times. So, so thank you for having me. It is a pleasure and a gift to be here. And I think I'll just start by sharing that, you know, in, in this crazy time that is the work-life momming juggle, to me, what's so important is to have a clear vision and, and to make sure that we're always aligning with the direction we're heading or else we may find out we're not going exactly where we want. And I'll, I'll yeah. say this too, because this, this conversation is about and around vision and, and, and focusing on where you want to head is we change and different mm. seasons of life requires us to, you know, adjust our viewpoint. And I am a direct product of that. And I would say even my vision today is different than what it was at the beginning of this year. And I think that flexibility as a working mom, as a working human, as, as someone with big goals and big dreams, you have to be really okay with checking in with yourself and saying, okay, now we've got to adjust what we want to do. So, you know, I'm happy to, to dig in in any area there, but the real, the real message for me as we start this wonderful conversation is we have to be willing to do the work and, and to take the time to set your vision and plan to get there. Oh, I love that. And you, you are someone who 
for sure. I mean, you probably live and die by a schedule because of just the nature of your work and how much you travel and how much you have to shuffle and juggle and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I and I love starting with kind of the evolution of things. And I want to get to kind of what your goal setting methods or tactics are for how you continue to stay successful and just are successful. And I, and I mean, and I mean success in a way that like, you know, that, that you, that you manage, that you control, that you are flexible, that you navigate. Like, I mean, I think that when I, we think of success, we think, oh, you know, this, but I think sometimes making it day to day is success, <laughs> just, you know, make, totally. getting through the day and just handling that. But I do first want to go back to something that you talked about with evolving because, you know, I know that during the pandemic in the middle of it, you found yourself and you've talked about this a lot, um, in the middle of a transition and, I think it's really important for people to understand that just exactly what you said, like you found yourself in the middle of, of a difficult challenge or, or just a challenge, a difficult spot, you know, I guess something that maybe you didn't foresee. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about that because I think it, when we think about creating the vision, it's not all like, it's not all wine and roses. It's not totally. all this like, Oh, it was just so glorious. And I just made this transition and waltzed into this position and then, Oh, you know, everything's wonderful. Right. So yeah, it provide just a little bit of insider color to kind of what that situation was like. Absolutely. I, I think it, it's spot on when you're in the trenches, when you're going through challenge and change and when things are really hard, it tests you and, and it forces you to look inward and forces you to say, well, wh- what do I need? Who am I right now? How do I get out of this place? And, and ultimately, what can I learn from this experience so that I don't have to get back here? And, and I'll just I'll take a moment to talk about that specific time. So it was during the pandemic, right at the beginning of it, and life and work was crazy. I don't know how any of us juggled what we did and somehow made it through, but we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the working balance madness of it all and, and the way uh, different work environments were shrinking and expanding and, and not unsure and unsure of where we were headed. I, I lost my job in the pandemic and it was the craziest time, but also the best thing that ever happened to me because what it allowed me to do is it gave me the gift of time, mm-hmm. the gift of time to really sit in the suck and say to myself, well, who am I now without this job? What do I want without this job? What does my life look like? What brings me joy? And it was that moment where I had a huge reflection time on like, what what do I want to go after now? And what are my priorities? And so during those kind of low points, it's when you ask those hard questions. And if you do have the time, and I will share this as well, even if you don't have the time, you need to make the time to ask yourself Mm -hmm. today in this moment, not where I was or not where I'm headed. What do I need? to be whole? What do I need to be able to show up for my life? And a couple of things I relied on, especially because we are busy, working, active women, is I really looked at my systems and how to do some adjustments. One of the things I think about and how I quote unquote juggle things and how we we do things is I'm uh, a, a live and die by my calendar and my system, <laughs> which, which mm-hmm. Asterix also needs to evolve yeah. as your seasons change. But for me, those two things was like, okay, what does my day-to-day need to look like to get out of this place, to get Mm -hmm. the next job, to be able to help my family when I don't have the structure of a quote nine to five, right? So really doing a calendar audit and saying, okay, like, you know, this is, this is a different normal. And what does it look like? And how do I carve out time to job search, to network, to figure out 
what I need to do to be whole, meaning get my workout in. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what was interesting in, in during that time of like everything everything is chaotic and you don't know which way's up. I made sure I worked out every single day. I got dressed as if I was going into the office to go on my job search every single day. And that's that systems piece, but it's also owning your calendar and saying, these are the things I have to do to be showing up as my best self. Mm -hmm. And so those two things, even to this day, whenever I'm going through a a time of challenge or, or something that feels sticky or really just trying to level up to that next milestone or the action that helps move closer to my goals. It's looking at where I spend my time. And so that calendar audit, that readjustment, and, and really one thing, even when I mentor mentor gals and, and folks that are, are asking for support, as I say, you should literally be putting time on your calendar to talk to people. So every Friday, I have a half hour where it's, it's held for a lunchtime where I can call a friend, call a colleague, call someone outside of my industry and get some perspective. Sometimes I'm able to talk through challenges and sometimes it's sharing something. And sometimes a colleague shares something with me that I can help with. But again, it just really comes down to owning your calendar and creating systems that support the life that you want. I love that you mentioned priorities and basically taking action. I think so often people can be presented with a situation that you are in and it's almost as if they they give up. They think, oh, nothing's going to nothing's going to happen for me. But I think the way that you reframed that was okay, well, if something's going to happen for me, I have got to be in charge of that. I've got to do the steps. And by doing the process, by creating the systems and putting the process in place, it aligned you to be able to be in this position where you were open, but well, really where the position was open to you because Mm -hmm. you had done the work. And I remember, you know, I remember that time and I remember us having so many conversations around some of the things and the tools and the resources. And you really leaned into a lot of positive resources, a lot of free resources, even. That was the other thing too, is that, you know, it wasn't something that you were going out and spending, you know, $15,000 to do this program. You know, you were you were really taking every opportunity to sign up for different things, to lean into, to learn, to grow in that way. And I think mm-hmm. oftentimes it too, too, especially is that when we work in like this personal development space, which can be so cringy to some people, or, or you you talk about personal development or self development or how are you growing yourself. Um, I think a lot of times people assume that it costs this you know outrageous and exorbitant amount of money, and oftentimes it is just purchasing a book, but not just only purchasing it, putting it on your nightstand, but it's actually reading the daggone book. It's actually doing the things Mm -hmm. that you say you're going to do. And I just, I think that that's part of your story. That is, is one of those tales of, you know what? I took this adversity. I took this challenge, but like I created, you know, meaning you created your own path. You forged your own path. So tell me about, I want to transition a little bit into, you know, you, you step into this role, you know, at Embraer, it's a global position. You're kind of, you know, thrust into traveling worldwide, managing all of that, managing different personalities, different team members, you know, cultures, you know, ethnicities, all kinds of things. How as a leader, you know, as you kind of create the vision for yourself personally, how do you feel like, how are you creating the vision for your team? Or what does that look like from a professional standpoint? Yeah, you know, being a leader, there takes, there's so much responsibility that goes with it. And there's a big difference between being a leader, which anyone can have that title, right? And also being a leader of people, a manager of people, someone who actually takes ownership and responsibility for growing a team 
for 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 listening and creating an environment of trust and and ability for people to ask for help and to to be able to know them well enough to know where to help them. And I want to touch on one thing as I talk about how I do that and I'm continuously learning because the 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 arc of self development never ends because we can't be the one who says I'm going to give you all the resources and training employee and then not do it ourselves because we have to walk that talk mm, and yeah. and we have to invest in ourselves because when we get better that allows the whole environment to get better because then we're armed with better tools and resources and things that help us be better leaders and to help lead people. And the resource piece I'll mention here as well, which I think is really important because I wasn't always someone who invested in coaches and things like that, right? And I think we live in the day of, of so many free resources and things offline, excuse me, online and, and offline and podcast world and what have you. We have so much access to free stuff. And even before I got this role, using those resources to get this role, to be a better leader when I wasn't leading a team, I was leading my family, I was leading my life. You can do so much by just listening to podcasts and looking at people to be your mentors that aren't even people you can access. People like Sarah Blakely and, and, and folks that you admire, you can go research them and see, oh, they do it this way, and then find a way to get closer to the tools that they use. And that helped me set myself up for the leadership role that was the biggest, is the biggest role I've had to date. So don't forget that there are so many free and low cost resources to get there. And leaning into those is going to help any of us. Us get to a better place. And then when you get to a spot like where I am today, as, as a leader of a team that's very global, very tenured, so I have very experienced folks, and I have some budget to do some training, I'm able to use that at this point. Mm -hmm. But I now know based on what I've done to help myself, the tools that I would invest in, or the, the executive coach that I have today, that's been the best investment of my life this year, that's giving me tools to help my team. And so how do I do that? Well, I think the biggest thing is when you're looking at your team's needs and setting a vision. In corporate America, there are some pretty, this kind of scheduled milestones throughout the mm -hmm. year, right? Most yep. people in corporate, depending on your fiscal year, but I'll talk about aviation, we set our goals for next year right now. So that's what I'm in the middle of. So we're goal setting now for 2024. We have strategic pillars that we develop. I have five for my team. We're looking at that now as we're reviewing the ones that we built for last year for this year. Mm -hmm. And we're creating the, the path of the walk of what are the strategic pillars this year that map to next year. And if we're going to ask for headcount, if we're going to ask for resource, if we're going to ask for fill in the blank thing, it's got to align with that vision because if it doesn't, you're not mapping your actions to where you're headed. So it's actually the conversation I'm having with my team right now is, okay, what does 2024 look like today? And by the way, how do we continue to build on the actions that require us to hit the strategic pillars from this year. So it's 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 cyclical in my in my industry. So we're building that now as we're closing out the end of last year. And so the other piece is performance reviews and evaluations. And this is something that as I've gotten more responsibility as a leader, I have looked at my year of performance reviews and evaluations, not only for myself, but also for my team and say, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm hitting my own personal goals and achievements. And by the way, which which some of us don't know this until you, you have to really hold a, a leader accountable, is how am I getting in front of my manager, my peers who can be advocates for me in a performance review, review to justify that I've done the thing, setting those things on your calendar, back to that owning your calendar. So, so in, in many different work environments, you got to know what the milestones are. So mm -hmm. you probably, if you're in corporate, you have some targets. What are those targets? What are the dates? And then back off those dates, how do you hit the milestones to support those dates and really rallying the team around there. And the last thing I'll say is, okay, so we have our, our company vision, we have 
in some cases, each of my employees have their personal professional plans. I make sure I have touch points throughout the year that support those, those goals that they want to go hit and the deadlines. And I make a really big point to make sure at least once a year, we have a teaming session with an investment and a training or a resource and bring in a coach, bring in someone to really mm -hmm. develop people and, and get people excited about going after the thing, because we all know how busy lives can get. And especially as in the working world, there's a different fire every day. And if mm -hmm. you're not prioritizing and you don't have that vision clear in your mind every single day, and for us, it's strategic pillars. This is where we're headed. There are five. It's not 20 because if you have 20 priorities, you have none. Right. Right. And so bringing everyone back, having the team session, we had ours in the middle of, of the year before July and just got together and said, well, who do you want to be this year? Who do you want to be next year? How do we get there? And we, I invested in some trainings to come in. At one point I had a human design coach come in and, and assess our personal profiles. So cool. Right. And, yeah. It's design. so cool. Right. And, so cool. and it was interesting in a corporate environment because a lot of the, the team members that, that I work with, they're like, we've never done something like this. Cause it's a little different. Right. But bringing that in, I had a coach come and look at each of the types of my leaders, do a personal assessment. And then together we had our offsite and we brought everyone's personality in there and aligned it with the vision and the strategic pillars and said, you're this way, you're this way. This is how we go be successful. So it's, it's a combination of, of really investing in your people in the right ways and really setting a clear vision throughout the year and beyond. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that you, yeah, exactly. And you said it, I mean, it's investing in your people, investing in yourself. I love that you have that in, piece in, in there because that's so important. And that's what I find often when I work with individuals or groups or businesses is mm -hmm. that we sometimes will focus so much on that business. And this is where I always challenge people to do the work on who they are and to figure out who they are so that when they step into that corporate role, when they step into that entrepreneurial role, they step into that small business role, et cetera, whatever it is, no matter what role it is, they know who they are and they know why they align and why they fit with where they're at. But investing in themselves is one of the biggest uh, stresses that I have when I work yeah. with clients is taking that time. And I love that you, you know, you invest in yourself so that you can be better for your team and then that allows you to invest in them. I mean, I think that is so key and crucial, especially as leaders in, in a corporate environment. And I also think too, I'm mean, kind of switching to the whole like working motherhood life as well. I mean, I think it helps you balance you know, the mom part of it too, because you have this team mm -hmm. of people who also have needs and then you come home and your mom. And so you have their needs too. It's like how you're kind of creating, you know, dual visions, you know, you're helping, helping people create their corporate, you know, vision and the, the life that they want to live and, and, and having them appreciate and value the identity that they're creating within the corp company, but then without, you know, kind of creating that synergy for their personal professional lives to be meshed together. But then one of the interesting like dichotomies of life, right. Is that you walk away from that and you, you end your day and then you become mom. <laughs> and now you yeah. have to, you know, adorable twin boys. <laughs> and Never, so much energy, Maria. I wish we could bottle that up. Right, right. For ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just need just like a little bit of Vance, a little just bit of Xander, touch. just a touch, just, just a, a touch. little bit. Yes. <laughs> and then, man, I could go for two weeks. <laughs> I know, I know. But they are, coffee, that's for sure. Right, right. But, you know, I mean, they are, they are just, you know, they're awesome. And I think that as you, you know, and you're a wife as well. So it's like, you know, you're a mom, you're a wife, you have that piece of you. And I think, you know, how do you balance kind of keeping that vision alive in both aspects of your life? You know, it's so hard. I think 
the the biggest misconception that that it's a balance mm. <laughs> because if, if it were a balance we would always be looking for that equilibrium and i can tell you i i don't think ever in my life i've had equilibrium i think in some meaning in some senses i gotta lean into my career and, and that's gonna take a front seat for a little bit and my husband picks up the slack or i get help and they help do the thing where i'm traveling and doing all the things for my professional side and then when my personal life's going really well and i have to lean in at the beginning let's call it beginning of a school year when you know your kids need you and you're helping with transitions for them you're not 150 percent at work right and so i think that the, the key is to know when you need to lean where and when it gets too much and i'll share with you guys i you know i reached a point where i had the best career of my life last year from a growth and development standpoint. I was truly filling the the role that, that you and, and Dahlia have, have put me in of, of Carmen San Diego, and I was flying all over the place, really, truly. And it was amazing and exciting and fun and all the things. And, and as one can imagine, when you're doing this kind of travel, your personal life is not there. I traveled 22 weeks out of the year last year. I had some of the most career impacting conversations and speaking opportunities. I had an opportunity to speak in front of the 450 audience in the airline industry. It was one of my proudest speaking achievements with my team. It put a lot of work in to get to that point. And, and, and as we say, you know, it's not a balance because at that point I was leaning heavily into my career and I reached this point at the end where I was like, man, you know, when you're doing that much and I don't regret it, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're doing that much, and then you re reset yourself at the end of the year, as we sometimes do when, when you have these moments to kind of reflect, personal life wasn't there, you know, and, and really the time away from my family, it was really hard. And you know what? We're not going to beat ourselves up about that. We're going to say right. that was that season. It was a career season. And the trick or really the focus for us as we go through these seasons of we're leaning over here and not over here is to ask ourselves, well, what do we want and what do we need to feel more whole? And I realized at the end of last year, my wholeness, I was missing community and connection. I was missing that that piece of like ambition was a value for me that was so high, but I realized that like family and friends was a was a value that didn't get a lot of attention. And so as I was setting my vision for this year and saying to myself, well, who do I want to be this year? I didn't want to be that person, right? I didn't want to be the person that was never home, that wasn't there for the things that that mattered to me to great grow, grow my family, to be there for my husband. So we made a lot of shifts this year. A couple things, we hired an au pair at the end of last year and she's fantastic and she's my right hand when I'm when I'm not here she's like my clone and and I think women and, and people in general don't talk enough about how much help we do need to run the ship mm -hmm. and so I realized I needed that so leaning mm -hmm. into getting more help asking my husband to step up and then also returning the favor because he took a lot for our family last year. So that vision of like, well, what does our family dynamic wanna be? So we have a date night every Thursday night, thanks to live and help, right? And we prioritize that every yes, freaking week, so right? Because listen, it, where you spend your time indicates, you know, where what your life will look like. I, I was in a conference at one point and for work and it was the end of last year and the question that came up was a leadership session. And they talked about, you know, how people are feeling overwhelmed. And, and the question was, well, what does your calendar, work calendar look like? Because remember, we got to own our calendar, not only our personal, but our, our work calendar. Mm -hmm. And everyone, oh, it's so busy. I, there's so many meetings. I mean, classic corporate jargon and, and conversation. There's too many meetings. I don't have time for anything. And the question was, well, who accepted those meetings? Mm. And we all go, well, I did, right? And at the end of the day, it's if your calendar doesn't align with your values and the vision for your life, meaning I'll be here and say at first, 10 hours of meetings a day didn't have any room for my family. Mm 
So how do you make that shift? So as I was building the vision for this year, it was like, well, that's not what I want. What do I want? Okay. Values are family and friends and a social life and these things. And so when I looked at my calendar, this is my third year in this job. I knew what conferences and engagements that, that I could prioritize and which ones I could delegate. And so I took a real hard look at where I needed to be. I scheduled those at the beginning of the year. Of course, emergencies come up, but when you're, when you're have the year planned out, you can put your personal calendar priorities mm -hmm. on there too, right? So it's really yes. about just taking a look at what you need today, not feeling bad about where you came, remember mm -hmm. came from or where you want to go and aligning your time accordingly and not feeling bad that that it wasn't a, a perfect balance or, or the perfect way that you want it now. You can shift that and you can change direction anytime. So much that you said just, well, I mean, we both came, you know, I, I'm, I came from corporate and so I just so much yeah. of that resonates with me, especially when you talk about aligning those core values, because part yeah. of building out executive vision imagery was part of that was, yeah. I need to know what my core values are. And what I was finding is that typically, to your point, I was being pulled in all these different directions because I wasn't centered and focused around what were my true core values. You know, what were the pillars of totally. my being, my identity? You know, mm -hmm. I was allowing, and and we've talked about this to you know so much extent over Boxer and just yeah. in person, you know, et cetera, about how you know I definitely. And to your point, I try not to regret. I do have regrets just because I think we're human. We're right. Human. We're human, and 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 I wish, but I always say too that I try not to regret because it's just. I just wish I would have known then what I know now. Sure. And so now that I know I can change, I can be better, I can grow, I can develop myself. But, you know, I talk often about how, and I write about it and everything, but how I lost myself, you know, in my career. And to mm -hmm. your point, like I allowed the core values of the company to drive my personal core values. I allowed the conviction that they had around driving the business and making that the most important become my most important thing. Well, it's easier, right? Because I, it's easier to, to not do the work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And just to say, just, oh, yes, take me, mold me, shape me. Let me just be who you want me to be because that is, you're right. It's so much easier. And so that's why, you know, the second step in my process is to, it's to challenge people. What are your core values? Because you might actually find that. that you don't align with what it is that you are even doing. And that's not a bad thing because listen, as a company, I would want people who know who they are and know who they want to be and know who, how they can become the best version of themselves within my organization. Like, I'm running that company. Mm -hmm. I want that. Plus I want people who are committed, who are focused, who are driven, who have that level of ambition, but also know how to set those boundaries because then Absolutely. I know that they're not ever going to put themselves in a position where they are going to get burnt out. They're, they are going to start getting resentful. And I think that we're talking about it more in a corporate setting to mm -hmm. where we, we are really working on, on balance, not say balancing, but um, enriching the whole person, right. you know, as opposed to just what can you give me? What can you feed me? What can you do for me? You know, as, as, as a, someone who, you know, collects that paycheck, who works for my business. And so I right. love seeing the shift because I think that is so necessary and needed because we all need jobs. I mean, we all want to live meaningful, purposeful lives. We right. all want to know that we matter. So I think that you being so aligned and in tune with your core values just speaks so much to the level of investment that you have have put into yourself. And, and then that's what then makes you, you know, a phenomenal leader and, you know, just this, this, you know, kick ass, like go do it, mom. You know, it's like, I just think about all of those things because those become 
those become our superpowers. They become our driving force on how we continue to create the vision in our life because we're so aligned with who we are. And that's not to say that we won't screw up or we won't have, you know, we won't have missteps, but, but we can more easily recenter and refocus when we know exactly, you know, who we are and kind of what it's we the most important for. thing, Maria. I think that work of knowing who you are and what you want today is so key and taking the time to think about that. I know a lot of us go through, you know, a year and then we're like new year, new me or new year, same me, but I'm going right. to figure out what I want. Right. And it's so amazing to at least have that turn the page moment, but we, we shouldn't forget that at, you can start any day. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. August 1st. It could be today, August 2nd. It could be tomorrow because you decided enough is enough. It could be the beginning of a new year, which feels good because that is such a refreshing moment. But there may be seasons where the, that you're going through so much that you do actually need to take a pause and say, who am I now? And the value thing is so important. And I think one of the things I've realized is aligning my values and my purpose with what I want to do is so key, but to remember that it changes. Yes. Right. Oh, like, yes. And values Amen. feel so permanent because of what I stand for. And some of them can be right. Morality mm -hmm. and trust and these things, but some values, like one of the ones I'm revisiting this year is like, I'm, Knowing yourself, for example, doing these assessments, like whether it's a DISC assessment or an Enneagram, and I'll, I'll make a comment here. Anyone can take an Enneagram test anytime and kind of revisit who you are. I'm an Enneagram three, and I'm what that means is an achiever. And once I discovered that about myself, which I kind of already knew, when you do these self-assessments, <laughs> it kind of just reaffirms yeah. who you are, right? Yes. So- I have values that are very aligned with an Enneagram three. I'm an achiever. I like to do things. I like big goals. And one of the asterisks with, with knowing that I'm an achiever is like, I like to do it by myself. So as an achiever, I'm like, I'll get it done. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. At, through leadership, you have to realize you can't do everything. And in life, you can't do everything. So really being able to say, this is who I am. However, my value of wanting to be ambitious and wanting to be the one who takes charge, like I value that. That's one of my core values. Sometimes I got to let it go if I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And in this season of life, I don't want to be the most ambitious person in the room. I have ambition, but my priority today in August is family, health, and friends and community. That doesn't mean I'm not going to kick butt at work. Right. But I'm not going to be flying all around every single week this year at the expense of my personal life because I'm rebalancing. So my values are shifting. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that, you know, knowing yourself and how that drives who you are, what you do, what your values are. As an Enneagram three, I also know that like I'm a crazy goal setter sometimes at the extent of my, my personal needs. So I'll go after the goal heads down blinders on. And mm. I don't care if I don't care what's in the way, meaning if I'm not sleeping or if like other things take a sacrifice and I've had to really take a big step back to say, okay, if you're a driver in your life, remember that Danielle, remember we talked about this, Danielle, your value is health and wellness, right? Mm. And so mm -hmm. I can't let the Enneagram three of my personality, which I know now, allow the other pieces that make me whole take a back seat. So, so values can shift, your purpose can shift, seasons of life shift, and just doing the work, remembering that we have to pause every once in a while. And, and, you know, something I try to do, and Marie, I know you do monthly things and, and we all do like a beginning of the year is to figure out when to do that. I try to do it at the beginning of the month. So a new month to me feels like really refreshing. And I'm like, okay, it's August last month of the summer in new England here. What do I need? And it's been like, 
I got to be with my family. I got to figure out how to have an awesome, awesome work life balance to lean into my family. Mm -hmm. So that value readjustment is okay to question yourself and to really know who you are. So you can say, okay, that's the achiever in me. I got to dial it in. I need to have some slow time. Mm -hmm. That is so, <laughs> I mean, everything that you're saying, I'm like, yes, that is absolutely. And yes, Amen. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're so you're so right in so many in in on all of it. And there are there's it's like, they, like there's seasons. I love that you talk about seasons. And there's a time and there's that place and that we change. And you know you mentioned at the very beginning how we evolve. Just in in the enneagram, I was a hard fast you know enneagram three. I still teeter back and forth, but. Interestingly enough, I think we get I, along so well. Yeah, right. and, and and then throughout this throughout this entrepreneurial journey or this you know this whole process over the past few years of me leading corporate and kind of figuring out that my new core values, you know, right to your, kind of to what you're saying, like what what really does drive me. And to your point, I mean, that's part of the reason that I started really like pulling back and like leaning into my family and wanting to be there for this season because yeah. you know my oldest is entering her sophomore year of high school, so we have mm. we have three more years with her. You know? yeah. And then, and then, you know, the, the second one comes along, Luke comes along and, you know, he's in eighth grade. So then he's going to be starting that high school journey. Oh so, you know, over the course of the next six years, we've got or five years, actually, yeah, five years, we've got, we've got both kids, you know, the older two leaving. And then our littlest is essentially oh becomes, God. you know, an only child. So I think about that. But interestingly enough, I took the Enneagram test again, just to see, you know, because I was really leaning into it. I've read like seven or eight books on it, just yeah. different perspectives from a spiritual perspective, uh, you know, just how it, how it is in work, how it is in, you know, kind of like your personal, whatever. But that one of the things, and they always say this too, in disc profiling, Myers-Briggs, any of right. that, you need to take them in different seasons of your lives because Absolutely. you never know. You could be, you could sit down one day and just be like, dude, I've just had the crappiest day and I'm going to, but I've got to take this assessment. And then how, whether you want to or not subconsciously, that guides some of your responses and answers. It does, yeah. Yeah. So I always try to try to take that. And the past couple of years, I have been a hard, fast Neogram 7 enthusiast. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It kind of leans into like where you're at with your entrepreneurship journey a little mm -hmm. bit there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think it's because it's that, almost like that different mindset. It's a little bit of a mindset shift. It's a little bit of mm -hmm. reframing what, you know, what maybe that narrative looks like to me now, what's more important to me now, different things. And, and, yeah. and because I just truly have leaned into empowering in that space and like motivating and uplifting and all of that, I think that's what's coming through in some of those responses because the enthusiast, I always describe it as like the head cheerleader, you know, they're like the captain, yeah. you know, like rah, rah. I, I say hype woman, Maria. I say hype woman. Yes. Thank right. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I think with the new Barbie movie coming out, it's like, I'm leaning into oh, more of this. Yes. Like I loved it. By yeah. The way. It was fantastic. Yes. Okay. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. But um, yes. So I just, I think that where you are at in your life and knowing that you are going to evolve and you, but you're guided by that. I think the one thing you point out, you point a couple of things. One, you talked, you've talked a lot just about like priorities and investing in yourself, but making the time, taking the time. I cannot right. stress that enough either. Anyone I work with, I'm like, you have to invest. Like if you're here to just show up every week when we meet, that's great. But like, if you're not going to do the homework, we're not really going to get work. anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you're not going to feel that you're getting your investments worth and that yeah. you really progressed past the point of just us meeting every week. I've become just a glorified friend or mentor, you know, but if you're going to really lean in and do the work, then big things can happen. So I, I guess, you know, what big things are, 
what big things are coming for you in creating this vision for your life? Like what's up next? You know, it's been such a season of, of heavy growth in my career, meaning from as a corporate executive global leader. And it's been amazing. I, I started this job right at, at, you know, right almost at the the midpoint of, of crazy pandemic. And I leaned in hard and it's been amazing. I've grown a ton. And through that process, I have always actually prior to that process, I have always been a big advocate of like coaching women and being creative. And I think it's so, 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 so important to have creative outlets that allow you to thrive as a human for the things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And if your job That's allows so you to important. do that bonus, right. Yes. And, and in jobs in the past, it has allowed me to still coach women pretty readily, write, be creative, have more hobbies. But this job, this season of my life has been a full throttle. This takes all my time. Mm-hmm. And I've realized in a good way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like, yeah. wow, what a, what a last three right. years I've had. And through that, you know, coming out of COVID and saying, this is what I want. This is the next step. This is the dream job. I've realized it's it's kind of pulled time away from from my outside I'll call it outside of work passions because I still mentor and coach at work but it's very different than you know going to a professional society and and a lunch and learn and giving a speak speech at mm-hmm. at one of those or or going and doing a talk at a at a conference which I still have been able to pepper in throughout the years but I miss that stuff and I miss mm-hmm. being able to have that time that allows for the creativity because I've leaned into the job and then my free time has been 110% absorbed by my family. Awesome. But so as I think about, and I've been doing a lot of that this year of like, okay, well, what is the next big goal? I love where I'm at professionally in my corporate career. I think this kind of role, this level is where I want to be. The other piece I need to weave in is is the personal. Mm-hmm. And I, I have big goals of being a, a global speaker full-time. TEDx is on the, the radar. I know you love share that, that vision as it. well. Yes. We- and writing, writing a book, right? Mm-hmm. We share that as well. To have those dreams, you got to do the little micro tasks every yeah. day. And I was doing that before. I was journaling every day. I was writing. And, and it sounds silly, you know, to some who aren't in the, the social media bubble. But what, what gave me life through the last few years up until this job was I was writing on Instagram every day. Why, mm-hmm. you guys? It wasn't just like self-fulfilling. It was I was learning how to write. Mm-hmm. And if you want to write a book, you got to write every day. If you yep. look at the habits of really good authors, they write every single day. And leading up into this big job that I have now, I was doing that. And yeah, it was Instagram, but it made me think. It made me be a much better writer. And by mm-hmm. the way, that writing connects to my speaking. Because if you, if, of course, you can get someone to write your speeches, but if it's going to come from you and be authentic, an authentic yes. message, if you want to write a TED Talk, you got to write your own stuff. And I know we share that. And so as I think about what's next for me, I want that time back. And listen, you guys, it's not a million hours. It's for me, it's that five to 7am window of being more deliberate in that window, like I was before when I was coaching and running a program and bringing women through. Mm -hmm. And I'm leaning back into that. So as I think about that big global speaking goal, and how to incorporate that more into my work life integration, it's carving out the time for that. And it's not in August, ladies and gentlemen, because August is all the ice cream, all the beach days, late nights with the kids, right? Yeah. But, and this is my season and this is what I want. But mm-hmm. as I think about the fall and crushing the end of this year, I mean, you guys, we, we, we have enough time to go do big things, right? What does September, October, November, December look like? And for me, it's really asking myself, well, how do I get there? How do I get the 5am window back to like writing a little bit? 
how do I get more consistency with my, my speaking opportunities and signing up for the thing and podcasting with you, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things are the micro actions that, that really help you move closer and closer to the crazy big giant ideas and goals that you have in the out year. So that's, that's where I'm headed. And I know for me, when I think about prioritization, cause I haven't done it, no regrets. I've got to pull that back into my morning and evening routines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I like you talk about the, the micro steps because that's so true. It's really building. I mean, we talk about the foundation of, you know, building those positive habits or building yeah. those little, those little tiny, you know, micro habits or steps that just get us there every day. Because I think so often, especially, and I think that's one thing that, you know, when I set out to do this podcast, it was like, okay, you know, I want people to realize that any, any vision that we create for our life doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I guess some it can, you know, I mean, I would love to win the lottery and then my vision would be unfolded probably in a matter of 40 to 72 <laughs> hours, but, but it, I mean, I have to play it first. So that's part of it too. Um, but you know, I think, I think when, when we, so often when we think about what our life looks like or what we want it to look mm-hmm. like, we don't account for time, the investment of time. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we don't account for, is this a short-term or a long-term goal? You know, what are we really looking at? And are we willing, are we willing to invest for the long haul? Are we willing, you know, I had, had a guest on yeah. recently that talked about that, you know, that, that, you know, she was talking about social media, talking about being an entrepreneur, a freelancer, you know, and she mentioned mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the long game. It's not going to happen overnight. And if you aren't willing to put in the work and put in the time and know that, that, that the seed you might plant right today may not materialize or may not grow for six months to a year, it may never, it may never get enough water to grow. You might have just done that thing and had a really good time doing that one thing and you learned from Mm -hmm. it. It was a cool experience, but then you move on. And that doesn't mean you don't invest in the next thing or you don't do the next thing or engage with that person, but you just plant all of these seeds and it could be six months. It could be a year. It could be the next day. You never know. But if you're not willing to be patient in that time, then it's going to be a really long, long road yeah. to creating that and, vision. And just enjoying that journey. It's so cliche. We hear it all the time. Enjoy the journey. But really why you're telling yourself and really investing yourself in the journey is because so much can change during that process. And that's where you're growing. That's where you're learning. That's where like the little things like that, like learning how to write doesn't happen overnight, but mm. when you're doing it every day, yes. those yes. little actions get mm-hmm. you closer. And then who knows, like, things could take a different direction as things unfold, as you fail, as you question things, as you bring in more folks doing things that are similar and different than you or more skills. Mm -hmm. And it may take you in a completely different direction. That's why, you know, it's so important to have like the craziest, biggest, bigger than life ideas, because even if you never hit that, all the things you do getting to that point are close enough might bring you in a direction of your life where your passions Mm -hmm. and your purpose are, are so much more aligned. And it doesn't even matter if you got that because you did so much in between. I think it's so important to mm-hmm. think about that and to remember that like, it's the in-between moments. It's the little steps that really do make us who we are. Yes. Yes. And it's deciding that if you want to be a writer, like you talked about, you have to do the work. You have to do the thing. You, you have, have to, to do, do the, the thing every day yeah. in order to make that happen. Yeah. I know you and I discussed this. We talked about the writing because it was something that you were being very deliberate about. Like I'm going to write. I need to start yeah. writing every day. And it is something that I start almost every day with. I've awesome. since transitioned to just, you know, my computer. I used to physically write in a journal and I have journals that I have read back. And I mean, oh. they're great. You know, they're great. It, you know, I read a journal 
a month and a half to two months ago, you know, that reminded me that I had a goal to leave corporate before the age of 40. And it's like, wow. And crazily I did, I was 39 and a half. And and I don't know how present that goal was with me when I made that decision. It was more of a, nope, I just feel ready. This is right. This is the time. Like I just keep putting it off because it was one of those things where it's like, I, am I just fearful or do I just not want to face, you know, that. Yeah. And then I did it. And then, you know, I find myself reflecting, two years later and I find this journal and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 27. I'm, you know, literally like writing how I'm nursing my son. I am thinking about all the things that I want to do and taking the time to just jot down. This is, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going, but I know that at this point in my life, I want to be here. And so just letting that kind of leave me, but then put it out into the universe, you know, and then have it just be out there. And then knowing, you know, how many of years later? Wow. It's I, so powerful. I, it's, it's so like, powerful, but you have two to. Two things right. that you shared about that are so interesting. And, it, it, you know, the, the first I'll say is this people don't realize how much work goes in, right? I mean, we, we are so front and center to people's highlight reels everywhere mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And there's so much painstaking work that goes into to, to that perfect post, to that milestone, like the years and then the trenches and all of that. And, and I think it's so important for us to, to when you're studying someone that you want to be, that's my role model. I want to be like her. I want to be like him. Really look at the history of, of how he or she got there and, and realize that it's never just that milestone. And I don't believe in luck. I believe all the steps you took getting to that point allowed you that law of attraction and the things that that put your, your, your priorities and your visions out into the world so that if Maria has a vision that's so clear, she said it so many times that someone who's not even in the room when an idea or an opportunity comes up says, oh yeah, I know Maria, she's the vision gal. Like mm. it's, it's being so true to where you're headed and being so vocal, which women don't talk about our dreams and our desires and our accomplishments enough. Doing that allows an army of people to be your vision seekers and, and achievers with you. Mm -hmm. So really like the work we never see and also being vocal enough about what we want is so important because it allows other people to be magnets for you. And then the other piece I think is so key and you, you're a journaler and you, 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 we, we, writing is so key is like these questions to ask ourselves as we're, we're figuring what we want. I remember vividly when I was going through COVID and I got laid off and someone said, well, okay, whatever, what do you want to do? I was, I was like scared out of my mind. I had no idea. The simple Mm -hmm. question of what do you want? scared the hell out of me. And what I do now, I figured it out. Right. But mm-hmm. I think that's what one question, if it, if I had one journal prompt for everyone listening and myself, and I just did it last week, what do you want? Mm. What do you want today in your personal professional life? Yes. Just journal on that. Do it for three months in a row. And to your point with saying, I want to retire from corporate before 40, it doesn't matter. You're inceptioning these visions in your mind just by putting it on paper. Mm -hmm. So that's something, that's a practice that I've brought in, especially this year where I'm like, oh, my corporate career is so amazing, but I'm missing out on this global speaking thing. I want to work towards that. What do you want? And I did it yesterday on August 1st. I said, what do I want? And my list is different than it was in July and June, but mm-hmm. I see commonality. And then I've revisited and say, actually, this is what I want because it's coming up every month. So if there's one question, I would say, do, do that, you guys, because it's been so unraveling for me and, and it's helped me move in a direction where I'm in the season of like so much stuff going on. Oh, I, ah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
that is so fun. No, it is. It it is, and it, you're right. It is so fun. Like that's <laughs> that's actually the thing is it's really fun because it's fun to see how far you've come. We don't take Absolutely. stock in it enough. It, yeah, we don't we don't look back. We don't we don't put things out into the universe. Amen on women. Absolutely. We do not speak our dreams into existence nearly enough. Share it. Yes, we have to share it and we have to be bold and fierce and unapologetic. And it's, it's like when I tell people, you know, if there's anything that I want this podcast to do, you know, it's, it's not that they go out and make a vision board. It's not that they hire me to work with them. It's not that they, you know, order my workbook or whatever. It's that they realize that they are worth it. Like that we are, that that we are worth it. We're worth the investment. We're worth the time. Like we get one life. We have one life to live. And if we are not taking the time to write, to journal, to outline, to know, I love that prompt. Oh my gosh. I'm going to journal on that prompt. I I know. I've been using it. It's it's like, sometimes we overcomplicate things. I, I, you know, I'm trying to revisit my journal practice and I was like, I don't know what to write about this morning. And once you get into a rhythm, it ends up just flowing. Right. Mm -hmm. But that simple question, I feel like sometimes we are like, what is the right question to ask? What do you want? That's it. What do you want? want? And it's very interesting. And then sharing that with a friend, Mm -hmm. you know, an accountability partner, you know, you've been that for me. And I think being able to say, I, you know, I, I this is what I think I want today. Go for a walk with a friend. That window I was talking about at the beginning, every Friday, I have a half hour of like, you know, conversation time. I'll call a friend or I'll go on a walk and we'll just talk about stuff, sharing what you want, sharing what, what you, what you're questioning about yourself with a friend and bouncing ideas Mm -hmm. off is so key. You don't have to do this work alone. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And actually we know that, I mean, science tells us that we're 64% more likely to accomplish a goal when we write it down and we have an accountability partner and we have an action plan in place. We Mm -hmm. have an accountability partner and like we are kind of charging someone else to help us be in control of that and then giving it back. And and I always stress to people, find that person who you feel confident delivering tough love to and giving it yeah. back, you know, or, or, or that you That's are fine. Me. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, for me, it's, you know, it's you, it's Dahlia, it's Dan, you know, it's my yeah. husband. So, and a lot of people say, you know, if my husband was my accountability partner, you know, we, it would end in divorce and that's great. That's fine. I mean, it's not great, but like I'm saying, it's like, it's great to know that, that you know that it's great yeah, to know that that's people for everything. Right. Exactly. Everything. Yes. And your spouse can't be all things to you at all times. Right. So you need those lifelines. You need those other people in your life who will say, okay, this is something you aligned at the beginning of the year. Or when we started this journey, because I always also stress that your year can start today. You know, it can start, it, does, it doesn't have to start at January 1, which I think is one of the biggest myths and things that we even, mm-hmm. you know, and start sometimes I think today. we start today, just start, just do it, just freaking do it. And, but when you, when you do start and you make that decision, I think it's putting that, not say putting it on someone, but allowing them into your life to help yeah. you invest in yourself, having them remind you of why you wanted to do what it is that you're working towards because yeah, I think we lose that sometimes when we get overwhelmed, we get stressed, we get burnt out, tired, exhausted, whatever, Mm -hmm. all the things, the kids are doing this. It's just easy to say, I'm just going to not do this or I'm going to give up or I'm just not going to move forward because it's just so much. But then when you have that person who can say, whoa, 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 like pump the brakes, girlfriend, like Mm -hmm. remember why you started, remember why you wanted this in the first place. And I think that's where you revisiting this so often has been so beneficial and crucial to Mm -hmm. you, you know, to your success. I mean, let's, let's be real. I mean, that is why you are successful because you continuously evolve. 
you might put some of the same processes and systems in place. Sure, sure. But you're evaluating. It's the same thing of making a vision board or writing your goals down and then walking away from them and never looking at them again. Mm -hmm. Probably not going to do you much. <laughs> but if you are consistently yeah. ingrained in that practice or you're consistently involved in the process of looking at your vision every day, writing your goals down, tweaking them, when they do change, saying, that goal's not serving me anymore. You know, I don't, let's that's not it. my, let's move it. Right. Yeah. Making it, to your point too, making it visible, right? I mean, I have post-it notes all over my office here <laughs> and it's as simple as making it. something visible, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have that to look at, even on your mirror, that's why affirmations work because you're channeling all your energy and your focus and your selective attention on the thing that you've told yourself you want to focus on. Mm -hmm. And that allows all the other things to, to really bring energy around those things. Because if we let our brain focus on whatever's on our mind, depending on our mood, our feelings, the, the, the nasty email you got or whatever, the bad mm -hmm. moment you had at the coffee shop, you'll be derailed. And then you're on somebody else's path for the day. But having those 100%. messages, having the vision board, mm -hmm. having affirmations, having, you know, little messages you write to yourself, all of those things actually do work because they train your brain to focus on what you deem mm. has a priority, yes. has a priority on it, right? Yes. So, you're so creating, important. Yes, you're creating that frequency illusion and that frequency bias that puts the things in front of you that you want to focus on. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of it, and so what you know, I, I, I love, I love that there's so much science involved too. And okay, I, that's okay. how I want to pivot. Before As an engineer, we, before I love that. End. Yes, yes. That's yeah. how I kind of want to pivot to your STEM and your, you know, in aviation and all that and motivating. But like the coolest thing about goal setting is that there is so much science. It's rooted in so much neuroscience. And, mm -hmm. you know, our brain really wants to work for us. I mean, you know, it's attached to our body, it so it wants it wants to help us. So this is why whenever I whenever I talk with a school kid or even even a college student or an adult mm -hmm. who's in corporate who just says, you know, I don't know what my goals are, I don't know, you know, what I'm working towards. Exactly, they don't know what they want. You know, right. I always say like, well, you have to because that's where it's that's when the self doubt, all that negative self talk, and believe me, your body will work with you, your mind will work with you in tandem to achieve whatever you tell it. And so if you aren't filling it with all that positive, you know, goodness and affirmations and reminders of how freaking worthy and worth it and awesome you are. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah, that's like the really the first step in in kind of in that process. So I, I love that you have the post it notes, I always say, you know, post it don't change it. my life. And yeah, and it can, you know, it just by putting it in front of you but okay so i want to transition mm -hmm. enough about that sorry but i no, want to transition great. yeah as we close the out the power just, of the mind yes right? so powerful yeah because i know that you are a huge advocate for women in stem and women mm -hmm. in aviation so share with us how kind of you're helping to even create that vision for stem and aviation to impact yeah. more women more women's lives and, and have them become engineers become scientists etc yeah, you know, the STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math are a field fields of study that are so important because those are the studies that allow us to change the way we live, the way we work, the way we problem solve. I I am an engineer by training and passion. I have a master's in mechanical engineering and I loved as a little girl trying to figure out how things work. Why does something work like that? Well, how does that come together and move and and how does it interact with the world? And I've always been a problem solver and through 
undergraduate. And then of course, even leading up to that, I was the gal who was pretty good at math and science. I loved math and science. I was very lucky to have a family and household that didn't even think twice about my, you know, aspirations to do something with math and science and actually even offered that I consider engineering. And at the time, you know, we're, we're even still, we're, we're not always advocating for youth to go into STEM enough because what they say is that the drop-off of math and science interest ends, ends around 14 because it becomes too hard. And little girls especially are like, well, I'm not good at this, so I shouldn't do that. And here's the, the, the biggest secret of all time that shouldn't be a secret. It's like, you don't have to have an A plus in science and math to be a doctor, to be an engineer. I didn't get an A plus all the time in math, but you know what I did do is I got tutors. I worked mm. my ass off mm -hmm. and I didn't let anyone tell me I couldn't be an engineer. So, so the message, especially for those little girls and little boys who are like, math is hard. Well, maybe it's the teacher. Maybe you need a different tutor. Mm. Maybe you just need to learn a different way because we need scientists solving the climate change problems of today and tomorrow. We need engineers building better aircraft. We need you know, doctors and, and folks in healthcare that are solving the next pandemic already, right? And, and in order to do that, we can't be afraid of math and science. And so I'm such an advocate for STEM careers because we need diversity there. And I'm not just talking about females, I'm talking about diversity of all economic backgrounds, diversity in color, diversity of all the things. Because when you have a diverse group of people, individuals, young people, they bring diverse solutions, diverse ways of thinking and looking at something. And I need that every day when I go to work. I need people coming <laughs> yes. to the table to say, well, we're looking at this in, a, in the same way for however many months. We need somebody else with an idea out of the box that can fix that. And that goes for every industry. There's there's STEM and, and arguably every single thing that we do, science, technology, engineering, and math. And it is so important that we create camaraderie around that because I want to be able to solve some of the biggest challenges of today and be able to have solutions that are sustainable and to be able to have folks not afraid if they get a B on a math test and that it's a little bit hard. The, the lesson I always tell younger people and, and my younger self is that, you know, the hard work is what made it me. Mm. And hard work, if it's hard, probably mm -hmm. means you're going to learn from it and yes. you're going to grow. That's what you're going to remember. Yeah. And mm. anything worth doing, I think of anything in my life. And I know you have this too, Maria, where it's like anything that I achieved that felt good, like a, an award or I won the game or I got into that school and college or I, whatever, fill in the blank, got that job. It was so freaking hard. And it should start at that mentality of being okay that it sucks and it's hard because you're working to get to the next place, whether it's in school or whether it's an achievement. And so more, more women, more diversity in STEM is something that I will preach till the end of time. Have you read Lessons in Chemistry? No, should I? <gasps> yes, you should. Okay. Oh my gosh, I just started reading it. Okay. Dan read it first actually, and then gave, he was like, you would love this book. And it's about a chemist. Cool in the 1950s. So you'll really, really connect with it. But it is, uh, and it was a New York Times notable book of the year. It is a phenomenal book for anyone who is aspiring to be in uh, STEM or is in the STEM Love field. It. I just think it's one of those books that really paints the picture of what women endured to get to where we are now. And so yet still knowing that there's so much work to be done. And I think that the cool thing too is, you know, I was, I was never good at math, but kind of to your point, like I feel That's that okay. I just kind of gave up, you know, at certain points and I'm like, oh, resigned myself, but I loved the arts and there's a lot of math in, in arts, believe it or not. I mean, you know, in reading music and, and, and composing, which I was also not very good at. <laughs> and, That's okay. you know. Music too, right? I mean, 
there's math in everything. Mm-hmm. We need math to balance your checkbook, to know, yes. understand finances, to bake, to cook, to bake. Yeah, yes. I mean, <laughs> we can't be, we can't be afraid of what's hard. And, and I try to instill that into young people. And, and that's a message as moms, like, mm-hmm. so what if math is a little hard, even if you get a C, you can get tutored and do better. Mm-hmm. I had a math teacher in high school that said, well, you're not really good at this. I don't know if engineering's for you. And I thought, Oh, hell no. I got all, I got a girl on my soccer team to mentor me and I turned it around and I have a master's in mechanical engineering. Did I get A's the whole time? Absolutely not. But you know what I did learn how to work with others to help Mm. me to trade intellect on things that I was more strong suited in. I could build the mechanical system and I partnered with a guy who built the code and together we created a, a, a solution, right? So it's about learning your strengths and trying really freaking hard mm-hmm. and, and leaning into things that you know are going to make you better off at, at the end anyway. We all need math. We all need mm-hmm. science, some element, you know? Yeah. No, we do. We do. And I think the the other thing too is, I mean, you, you, you really <laughs> hit on something that I think we discount a lot, which is the hard work which is the hard work totally. and the value of what that win actually means. Because to your point, especially in the generation that our kids are growing up in mm-hmm. with social media and with seeing so much of, oh, it's easy. yeah, this, yeah, exactly. It's oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Hard work she's- is the shortcut. Hard yes. work is the shortcut. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's why those highlight reels look so amazing because they have done all of the work leading up to it. And, you know, it's interesting because, as much as everyone creates the vision for their life so differently, mm-hmm. every single guest, every single person I've ever talked to that has done anything worth accomplishing in their life mm-hmm. have all said, it is hard work. It is the totally. dedication. It's the perseverance. It is the sitting in the suck sometimes and saying, man, I wish I was in a different spot, but I'm not. So I got to keep working harder. I've got to keep, you know, finding, you know, tactics, putting the process in place to work smarter while they're working harder, but, but maximizing their time. And then when they get to the end, realizing, holy crap, look at where I came from. Look at all the things I accomplished along the way in order to, to get there. And I think that's something we don't, we don't share enough. And I, I, in my own kind of social media break this summer, which, which really honestly largely was inspired by yours last summer, because I think as I was just continuing to drive, drive, drive and go, go, go. And and, and, yeah, exactly. And just produce the break to create the break to reset the break to kind of recalibrate. Yes, for sure. And so for me, that was definitely something that I wanted to be very intentional about this summer was just taking that break. But mm-hmm. through that, it really has has charged me with kind of a new path or a new mission, you know, that mm-hmm. new mission, which is to share some of those setbacks, share some of the rejections, mm-hmm. the things I really wanted, you know, the big corporate, you know, contract yeah. that I wanted and worked really hard for that I didn't get. But then guess what? It opened up the door for another one. And then I landed that one. And, you know, the the university that I put on my vision board, my alma mater that I really wanted to work with, that unfortunately said, no, it's not a good time. You know, it's like, oh, like knife to the heart, right? You know, but mm-hmm. but then I look at the opportunities now that are unfolding and opening up. And if I hadn't gone through those moments, if I hadn't sat in those moments of suck, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to have the wherewithal or even the, the, I guess the, the courage to say, well, I'm either going to keep going or I'm going to Mm -hmm. allow this to just 
you know, be as it is and, and, and let it just kind of take over. So, right. you know, you sit in the suck, you journal about it. I do a Friday five every Friday. I spend five minutes mm -hmm. just thinking about the week, reflecting, journaling, all the things. Sometimes it's bullet points. Sometimes it's yeah. paragraphs, it's good. but you know, just, just taking in the Revisit. week as it comes. Yes. And revisiting it. So, well, I have absolutely cherished our time today oh, always, and all always. of the things I just, and you know, the cool thing is, is that we got to spend an hour together Love and it. we, we put it on, we had we to put it on the calendar. Forever. I know we could, we could totally, <laughs> yes, but we planned for it. We had to put it on the calendar. We did. We that, did. That's how crazy our lives are. So my last, last question. Yes. The one thing I ask every guest that I just kind of want to know is, you know, I always say third step in my process, you have personal professional that I always want people to lean into. The last one is kind of that do the dang goal, like the do the dang thing goal. You know, what is the one thing that you're like, you know what? If you were Bruce Almighty, you're driving down the street, you got to just, you know, like all the traffic was moved and you got to mm -hmm. just go straight down the line. What would that goal be? I need to double down on my efforts for global speaking. I do it in work at work, but I, I need to really make the time to be able to say, Hey, here are the four conferences I'm going to go submit my application to. This is the target I want to get closer to the TED talk. I need to make the time for that. And I haven't, and that's okay. But, but, but I need to do that. Why? Because every time I go speak, Every time I empower women in a social setting where I'm able to teach something that I've learned that's made my life better, it gives me life. And when I think about the times in, in my work week, my months over the last year and plus of when I feel most alive, it's, it's sharing my story, talking to women, connecting with women, making people, people's lives better. And I know I need to lean into that and, and going after it. And not only just saying, that's what I want to be when I grow up, but like, what, what is my calendar back to what we talked about at the beginning need to look like to set myself up for that. And that's this fall kind of this fall, I'm going to go do that. And I already have a couple of opportunities lined up to go make that happen. And I know where I need to push on my network. And so that's the do the damn thing. I love it. Well, this conversation has given me life. I hey. just loved leaning into all of the things that you are doing, you have done, and that you, you are working to continue creating the vision for your life. And it's just freaking spectacular. So I love it. All right. So last things last, I want people need to know where to find you. How can they find you? Because yes, they got to start. They got to connect. Yeah. So we got to connect. We got to connect. The more we connect each other, the, the, the better our opportunities and our lives are because we have a bigger network of fabulous women to support. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Danielle Vidaro, and also on Instagram. Those are the two social platforms where I spend most of my time. I do also have a newsletter that I've taken a little summer break on that will be sent out starting again in the fall with my best tips, tricks, and, and things that I've absorbed in the world to help us all live our best lives. So that will be coming out soon. But if you follow me anywhere on Instagram or on LinkedIn, you will get a sneak peek as to when the next one will roll out and reach out anytime because I'm, I'm yeah. always here to help and support and cheer you on as, as we all continue to go figure out what we're doing with this big, crazy life. Yes. Yes. You are such a hype woman like me. So, you know, you're, you know, those Enneagram three achievers. We're in good company. But yes, we are. <laughs> we are in good company for sure. So thank you so much. It was thanks Maria. Just everything. Thank you for listening to this episode. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and review of the show and subscribe on your favorite app. You can also find us on our YouTube channel, creating visionaries. 
If there is something that stuck out to you in this conversation, send me a message on Instagram to let me know. Until next time, keep creating the vision for your life.